Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we just thank you for your incredible presence this morning. Wow. We love you. We appreciate you. There's nothing we desire more than to spend time in your presence. Mm. We love you, Lord. We rejoice in your holy name. We bless you this morning. Amen. Okay. I'm glad you guys are ready. I think I'm ready too. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. I, I, I was just thinking just before I came up here that I remember meeting some of my mom's Meeting some of my mom's family. I want to try to do something a little bit funny here to get in gear. Tell a joke or something, but... <clears throat> my mom's folks, uh, Arkansas and Oklahoma. They come from Arkansas and Oklahoma, and uh, they came, and some of them stayed with us, and I learned a bunch of new words. It's like, yuns. Yuns. Yeah, he said yuns. I mean, I've heard people from Texas and other places from the South say y'all. You all makes more sense than yuns. It's like yuns. <laughs> yuns? Are yuns coming up? Are yuns coming over? It's like you ones, I guess. But I think if my people call by my name, Christians. Christians. We're Christians, right? And what is Christ? The anointed one. Christ the anointed one. Yuns are anointed. Christ yuns. Christians. We remember that. We're called by my name. Like we're, we're, we're a bunch of Christs running around. Him being the first example that came for us. Christ yuns. Christ yuns. Christ, Jens. All right. I think I'm ready. As Christians, as Christians, as Christians. You know, last week I talked about the fast. The fast. We're, we're, we're ready to, uh, to begin a fast. I felt really strongly this year compelled to, to, to do a fast together, a corporate fast. We've not done that for a long time. It's, it's been quite a while and I just felt very strongly and all of you were agreeing with me or, or most of you that you're just feeling a stirring that something's changing that something's happening something new and powerful is coming right yes. all right well I want to I want to start with Matthew 6 we're going to go 6 5 through 18 now Jesus is talking about about prayer there's an expectation He's teaching about prayer, but there's an expectation that we're going to spend some time in prayer, right? Everybody expects that. We're going to be spending some time in prayer. But I want to read uh, the sixth chapter, beginning with the fifth verse, and we'll read down for a while. And Jesus says, red letter, Jesus says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, pray to your Father, who is in the secret place, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly." Hebrews 11:6, I think it is, says he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How many people believe that God is a rewarder? Yes. Amen. He is the rewarder. But when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. <laughs> Therefore do not be like them. 
for their father knows that for your father knows the things you have need of before you even ask him in this manner therefore pray our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven father we glorify your name father we glorify your mighty name we thank you, Father, for all you've done, for who you are, that you are our provision. You are our loving Father. We thank you. We glorify, again, your name. We thank you for your Son and the name of Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. Thank you for Jesus. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We've been given how to pray and that we pray that our will would be in alignment with his will, that his kingdom would come to earth, that it would be here on earth as it is in heaven. Giving us instruction that as we pray, our will comes into alignment with his will, that things on earth would be as things are in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's like, let it be, Lord, through us. Give us this day our daily bread. We know, we understand that He is our provision. He is our provider physically, spiritually. Jesus, we just thank you. And forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Like forgive us as we forgive. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Then he goes on, verse 16. Moreover, I looked this word up, did a little study on this word, moreover. It's like there is more above and beyond. Everybody say moreover. moreover. There's more above and beyond. Moreover, when you fast, so it's like, huh, this is not a question about are you going to fast, or should you fast, or why would I fast, but it's above and beyond. When you fast, don't be like the hypocrites. He's given us some pretty clear directions in how to fast, just as he gave us direction as to how to pray. Are you with me? There's an expectation for fasting, just like there's an expectation for prayer. And the two go together, prayer and fasting. And Jesus is teaching this right in succession, building on prayer. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with the sad countenance. It's like, oh, woe is me, I'm not going to be able to eat. Feel sorry for me. Watch me. Oh, poor me. You guys get to eat, but I don't. Do you feel sorry for me? No. no, and you shouldn't feel sorry for me because God is so good and the rewarder of those who diligently seek him and who humble themselves before him. Moreover, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Mm. But you, everybody turn to your neighbor and say, but you. When you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Anoint your head. As Christians, we are anointed ones, right? And we want greater anointing. Anoint your head and wash your face. So that when you do, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your Father, who is in the secret place, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. Oh, 
He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. As we humble ourselves, what better way to humble ourselves than to end up letting the Spirit take authority over this body that has all these cravings, all these desires. Matthew 4.4 4. This, this, this is pretty cool. You have, a, you have a handout. Tim prepared that handout late this week. I spent a couple days mostly at home, trying to finish getting moved into that new house and then just not feeling all that well. So he ended up preparing that and, and almost all of the scriptures that he has on that sheet that I believe all of you have is what I had in my study as well. This is not that we had no opportunity to compare notes this morning. Is that cool or what? I just love it when that happens. Holy Spirit is so good to us. Matthew 4, 4. Now we know that when Jesus was just about to start his ministry, he was 30 years old or somewhere in that neighborhood, he was ready to start his ministry, he was baptized. Immediately after he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down, rested on him like a dove. He was endued with power from on high. That's the example that's set for us, that we be endued with power from on high when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. And then he was led out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil himself. This is something that I, I feel is so interesting to me as I was studying this time, uh, is that Jesus fasted for 40 days in preparation for that temptation. This, it's almost like a new revelation to me. <laughs> You're probably looking at me and going, you just figured that out? Jesus fasted for 40 days before going into that temptation because his ministry was about to start. He knew how important his ministry, the mission that he had. He knew what was coming. So what did he do? He fasted for 40 days. In preparation, yeah, 40 days. That's what I say, 40 days. And when the tempter came, verse 3, chapter 4, verse 3, now when the tempter came to him, he said, if, first of all, challenged his identity, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. In the scripture just before it says Jesus fasted 40 days and he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. And what did Jesus say to him? He answered and said, It is written, he quoted scripture, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now see, I believe, my word, the word tells me, the Bible tells me that, that Jesus came that he was subject in the flesh to all of the temptations that come with the flesh. Right? That Jesus, the Son of God, the Spirit of God living in him, God on earth, wrapped in flesh, was subject to all the temptations, the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions that each one of us have to go through. Is that right? Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. So, Jesus is this incredible example for us, knowing that his ministry was about to start, knowing the importance and the value of his ministry, the calling on his life, fasted for 40 days, and he's making it really clear right here as he quotes Scripture, and I just say, Scripture and Bible reading and prayer are all a significant, valuable, and important part of a fast, that when we fast, we spend time in the Word, we spend time in prayer, and there are more than, there's more than one reason for that, and we'll go into that a little bit later, but Jesus was very familiar with, and his desire, here, here's one of the things that happens when, when we fast, we start overcoming 
that the flesh, the desires of the flesh, our spirit man, as we put the squash on the desires of the flesh, begins to become acutely aware of the Spirit of God and what he's doing. So Jesus wanted to be even, I'll just say more directly, more acutely tuned in, more finely tuned in to the word that his father was speaking. Because as we read, he says he only did what his father said or what he saw his father do. So Jesus wanted to be so tuned in to what the Father was saying that there was no question in his mind that he could hear clearly from the Father. And that's what happens when we fast. The more time that we spend denying the fleshly the desires of our body, the closer and the more connected that we become with the Spirit of God. And the more accurately we hear his voice. Can anybody identify with that? Can I hear some amens then? Amen. So why do we fast? Why do we fast? To get connected to God more, more closely, more accurately. So our antenna is sticking up higher and our channel is dialed in more accurately, closer to here. Uh, I was... I was listening to a, a teaching, someone who, who sat under Catherine Kuhlman, and he said that Catherine described fasting. He says, she says, oh, oh, it's so important that you fast. Oh, oh, it's so important that you fast. And here's how she described it. The reason why is God is like this big, big tank of like living water. This is, this is a huge tank of living water. And the size of the pipe you know, you're the recipient. You, you're, you want to drain some of, the, some of that water. And the more that you fast, the bigger that the pipe becomes that connects, that connects to that big tank. So I remember preaching a sermon here several, several years ago looking at the different kind of, of cups. And, and man, I, I, I chose all of the same that all held 16 ounces. And I showed them, and some of them had little, little lids or even like a, like a bottle like this that there's 16 and a half ounces in or 16.9. You take that lid off and try to put that under a waterfall. It takes you a long time to fill this, this bottle up. But you get a big opening in this bottle and put it under there. It fills up really quick. And as we fast, it clears out the channel opens it up wider so we can get these downloads really fast, really accurate from God. Does this make sense? I had a, I had a vision for, for a, a young man one time that, that Matthew and I were, were praying for, and in this I saw, you know, God had healing for this young man. I've told this story before. Had healing for this young man, and as we were praying for him, it's like, how do you feel now? It's like, same, still can't, same. It's like, I feel like, I've seen a picture here, and this picture was somebody taking a cup. You know these water fountains everywhere that, everywhere that we go? They have soda, soda, water. Well, the soda has to be replenished. You have to stick the, you know, more cylinders or whatever, but, but that water is tapped in it just runs continuously. All you have to do is make sure that you don't have a lid on and you can fill your glass with water as many times as you want. Right? Are you following me? But if you have a lid on that cup and you stick it under that water thing, it's just going to splash everywhere and none of it's going to go in the cup. If we have too much junk in our lives, if we let, allow too much flesh into our lives and hang on to unforgiveness... You can stick that cup under that water source and it's just going to splash everywhere and you'll end up with none in your cup. We fast to remove any barriers so we can receive clearly what he has for us. And we're going into 2020 and we're feeling, we're sensing, this is a season, this is a new season, this is a special time and we want to be ready, we want to hear you. Mission statement for Valley Church is to equip and empower each and every one that comes in here 
to fulfill your purpose in Christ. And in order to fulfill your purpose in Christ, you need to be taught to clearly hear, see, experience the voice of God and the words that he's speaking. So I believe fasting is a significant part of that, and we've not taught nearly enough on fasting. Jesus makes it really clear. You're expected to pray, and here's how you pray. You're expected to fast, and here's how you fast. The definition of fasting is abstaining abstaining from food or for spiritual purposes. Now I read, I just did a couple of examples just briefly last week. Uh, one or two Old Testament and a couple of, uh, like one from Acts, where they got together and they, and they fasted and they prayed, listening for an answer in order to make a decision, or where there was, where there was fear, where there's something that, that, that feared that they needed breakthrough, and they fasted in that, and God came through. God rewarded them. He answered their prayers because of their fasting. John Wesley, this, this is something that a Methodist, as he was calling pastors, ministers into the Methodist church, he only ordained the, the, those with a specific requirement that they fasted twice a week, Wednesday and Friday, till 4 p.m. So if you were going to be, in his day, a, master, a minister under his covering that he had ordained, you would fast every Wednesday and every Friday till 4 p.m. So two meals twice a week. Interesting, huh? Matthew 17. Verses 19 and 20, 19 through 21. The disciples had tried to cast a demon out of a man, out of someone, tried to cast a demon. What was that of a, let's, let's read it. Out of a man's son. Starts with verse 14. They came, there came to him a multitude. A man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and he came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to him privately, because they were a little embarrassed at, at their inability to cast this demon out. So they go, why couldn't we cast him out, Lord? Jesus said to him, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. However... This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So why did Jesus fast for 40 days before he started his ministry? To end up with a level of authority and connection to God that he was hearing clearly and was given the authority to do all things. Hmm. So as we move into... 2020, as we are moving into 2020, and we know that there's higher calling, there's so many more things that God has for even Valley Church right here, but you are the church, I am the church, we are the church. He's wanting to raise each one of us up into new levels of authority so we can accomplish as it is in heaven right here on earth. He wants to use you, and he wants to use me. But we need to make that connection. We need to move to that next level. We need to be established in the authority that he has through, uh, for us through prayer and fasting. How many want more? How many want to be used more 
more. Yes. Yes, Lord, that's our desire is to be used where <laughs> the song, the new song that Christy and the, the worship team introduced, like, yeah, put me where you need me, Lord. Put me where you need me, Lord. I, I want to serve there, but I want to be prepared. I want to be ready. I want to be empowered, and I want to have the authority to do what you call me to do. I want to step into that place, that position, that place that you need me, that you're calling me, but I already want to be ready. And it's like, oh, that's something that I can't deal with yet. I'm going to have to go fast for a week or two before I try to cast that demon out. Are you with me? Does this make sense? He, there's a higher calling. He, he's calling us up. He wants to pour His Spirit out. He wants amazing things to be happening through His church. His desire is, is working through His church that we accomplish. We are the hands and feet. We are His instruments. But we need to prepare ourselves. We need to make that connection. We need to take any barrier, any obstacle out of the way. And when I think, okay, what, what, what all do we fast? I mean, as we deny our stomach, as we let our stomach know that we're in charge, it's not. That is one significant thing. We are humbling ourselves when we deny that part of our flesh. That's, that's just not that much fun, but we need to wash our face and anoint our head and smile through it. It's awesome because for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before us, knowing what he's calling us to do and what he has for us to do, we should be able to endure you know, setting aside a few meals, shouldn't we? Now I've heard, uh, you know, it's, I felt so strongly about this and I, that I shared with the staff and with the prayer team back there. It's like, I don't, I don't want to do a fad fast. I don't want to do what everyone's doing. They're, you know, they kick off the year and go, well, let's, we'll do a, a Daniel fast for a couple days. Well, I'll fast television. I'll fast the NFL. I'll fast. You know, that's awesome because there are a lot of things that encumber us, that, that clog up our pipe that we do need to, and I believe Holy Spirit, once we step into, once we move into that, into that fast, Holy Spirit will start letting you know, because you start hearing His voice more clearly when you connect up and miss a meal or two, then He will start showing you, yeah, well, you need to address this, and you need to address this. Set this aside for a while. Set this aside for a while. Focus on me. And the important thing as we fast is that we get into his word and that we spend time in prayer. Now, if you're skipping a meal, what do you usually spend on a meal? 30 minutes? 40 minutes? 20 minutes? You eat on the run, a sandwich as you go. The biggest time you spend is waiting in line at McDonald's. Oh, Lord, I hope not. But we have that time... Just the time that you're not eating, that you can dig into your word and be praying. You can be listening, praying, reading. But I recommend that you read first, even before you start praying. That we're fasting, we're letting him know that we're opening up, that our desire is to hear what he has for us. But he's speaking through his word all the time, too. Dig into the Bible. Spend some of that time, like half of that time, from one of those meals that you're digging into his word. Then pray. It's like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for showing me. Because we've got specific things that we want to pray for. And one of those is we need to be praying for one another. We need to be praying for one another in this church that God would give us the strength, the courage, <laughs> the boldness and the perseverance to get through this fast, for one thing. But each of us has gifts. And those gifts will become more clear to us. There will be a clarity that starts to come in and with your gifting as you fast, 
as the opening, as you just connect, that pipe gets bigger of the connection that we have with Father God. Right? Are we all on the same page so far? Okay, great. Well, I'm going to go now. We're going to go now. Prayer and fasting for more authority. God has things and places for us to go and to do and to be that are going to require more authority. Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58, we start with verse 6. I think he kind of covered part of, he, coming from the mouth of God, uh, co covered part of this with the, in verses 4 and 5, like ash, sackcloth and ashes and all of that. No, woe, you know, woe is me. Is this an acceptable fast to the Lord? No, he says no, starting in verse 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? to loose the bonds of wickedness. This is the fast that he's chosen for us. What do we pray for? For one another and for those that we influence and that we affect, that he, that through this fast, he loose the bonds of wickedness to undo the heavy burdens. Ah, so as we pray for one another, it's like, God, Let's just lighten their burden. Lighten their burden, Lord Jesus. Let's, let's, we pray for one another. Let, to let the oppressed go free. Many, many people are oppressed, demonically oppressed. There's a dark kingdom that is very, very real. You don't have to be like full-blown demonized or, uh, to be oppressed, to be demonically oppressed. And that we pray for one another, for that oppression. That, and we fast for one another. And that you break every yoke. It's not to share, is it not to share your bread with the hungry? In a time of, uh, of, of fasting, uh, what we're desiring and looking for direction. You know, generosity is a big part of what God is calling us to do is to be a generous giving. We've certainly done that through this holiday season. I mean, we gave Thanksgiving boxes and we gave Christmas boxes. We reached out to, to the city, to uh, Hope, Hope's Door, uh, to, to, to bless them. And then inside our church for Christmas, we blessed the people here that, that were in, in need, that you know, needed Christmas boxes and, and some gifts. And you know, this is a very giving, loving, giving church. And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. Oh, so we reach out to the poor. When you see the naked, you cover them. Not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then, then, your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. So what's one of the benefits of fasting? Healing, healing, healing. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. So we read in the scripture last week in, uh, that from this house, and I'm believing and claiming that for this house, as well as many others, but his church, when we pray and cry out, he will hear our voices and he will answer our prayers. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. I think, everybody know what a yoke is? Yeah, like people stick mirrors in those old oxen yoke and stuff, you know, the yoke with the little horn things that that stick out, but it's something that went around your neck and it connected to reins or it connected something that you had to pull, that you had to drag, and somebody else controlled you. A yoke was around your neck so somebody else could control you. 
for horses, for oxen, for that sort of thing. But see, he's talking to us about a yoke that we wear. Are you with me? Is everybody a little sleepy this morning? Or? Okay, that you get rid of that yoke from your midst. Something that's holding you back, that's dragging you down, or somebody that's controlling, manipulating or controlling you. Get rid of that yoke. A few years ago, I preached a message that I, the Lord gave me, just a revelation on, to, on the yoke in uh, Genesis 27, verses 39 through 41, talking about, which I'm, we're not going to go there, talking about Jacob and Esau. Where, those of you that remember the story, Jacob, you know, he was the, the guy, the trickster, the guy who tricked his brother out of, out of his inheritance. So when he, when he got his blessing, his brother's blessing and inheritance. Everybody know that story pretty well? Okay. He ended up doing a trick, receiving from his father who was blind, Isaac, his brother's blessing and inheritance as the firstborn. Well, the blessing that his father then spoke over Esau, Esau came crying to him and said, Give me your blessing, father. Give me your blessing. Give me your blessing, father. And what he told him, the second part of his blessing, is that he would serve his brother. His brother would end up basically having control of him. But when you become restless and remove the yoke, see, there was Esau wanted to kill his brother for stealing from him. He lived to kill him. He hated him. He couldn't stand what his brother had done to him. He wanted revenge with his brother. So that's what he was living for. He couldn't think of anything but getting even with his brother, killing his brother. It says, and when you get restless and remove his yoke, it's like that is a yoke carrying a yoke of unforgiveness that allows somebody else to control you because you have not forgiven them they can pull the reins, they can move you around in different directions because you are wearing the yoke of unforgiveness. And when we get rid of that yoke in our midst and quit pointing fingers, let's just read this again. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, If you extend your soul to the hungry, oh, extend your soul to the hungry. Now, what is your soul? It's your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. If you become compassionate to the hungry, but I believe that there are two types of hungry. There's physically hungry, there's spiritually hungry, and when we extend our compassion, our soul, to the hungry in both realms, that's what we're called to do. Quit pointing your finger and extend your soul and satisfy the afflicted soul. We're ministers of the goodness of God to the afflicted souls around us. We are his members, his instruments. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness. Your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continuously and satisfy your soul in drought. Strengthen your bones. You'll be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. I can remember being right there where Heather and Lonnie are, that very row, sitting right there where Lonnie is, worshiping God, just worshiping during a worship service and Him giving me a vision. Only the second one that I ever had. This has been... 16, 17 years ago. And the Lord just showed me. I was worshiping, had my eyes closed, and it was complete dark, just blacked out, complete darkness. Like, whoa. In that darkness came up a spring of water. And it's like, wow, I can see that water in the darkness. Now, you can't see water in the dark. You ever been walking around in the dark and stepped in a puddle of water? You didn't see that water. This was illuminated water. It... it, it it showed in the darkness this spring of water. Then another spring and another spring and another spring till the majority of the darkness was dispelled. There were just little spots of darkness between all of this living illuminated water that I was seeing. It's like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. 
that we would become springs of water in the darkness. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up foundations of many generations. We're called in 2020 to be the change of generations, to break the chains of bondage, to break the yoke, that we will establish the foundations, that we would create, we would be the ceiling for their floor as we establish foundations for many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Hmm. He's calling us up. He's calling us higher. He's calling us to connect. For each one of us, we are the church. And as we grow personally, as we connect personally with Him, as we hear from Him, we begin to understand His heart, the Father's heart, and what He's speaking and who He is because we're spending time with Him. I'm going to go on and read in verse 12. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord you call honorable, and shall honor him not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. See, that's the thing that Jesus said. He, he didn't speak his own words. He spoke what he heard the Father speak to him, did what he saw the Father doing, and all of the visions and all that, that, that he had, Father, that was giving him. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, we talk about the Sabbath. I just, I, I want to just touch on this a little bit. Jesus came when Jesus walked the earth. Did he just celebrate and rest on Saturday, the Sabbath day? No. He was walking through grain fields. He was ministering. He was picking heads of grain. He was eating grain. He was healing people every day of the week. I remember when John Harkey was here, What the last time... He was here. He said something that so had such a profound effect on me. He said, I have learned to rest while running. That I can rest in the Lord while I'm running. Doing His business. It's like, yes, Lord. When we find ourselves in a place through prayer and fasting, through connecting, what God is, re what I believe that God is really saying to us today is that I want more of you. I want more of you. I want more of your time. I want you to get rid of some of the distractions, many of the, of the distractions, and the time that we spend eating that we can spend with Him, that our Sabbath is the holy time with Him. Whenever that is. That it's not delegated to a day it says, forsake not the assemblance of believers, that we need to come together to be taught, to come together to worship, to edify one another, to encourage one another. That's a wonderful thing. But that our connection to God and through Jesus is such that we delight in Him. Psalm says, delight yourself in the Lord, and I will give you the desires of your heart. But that we're continuously, throughout the day, treating it as Sabbath because it's a holy time that we get to spend with Him. Does this make sense? Is this making sense? Okay, good. Good, good. 
Because Jesus was that living example that was so connected to the Father that he only spoke what he heard the Father say and he only did what he saw the Father do. And we need to end up making that connection. And I say it again. Jesus laid out the example for us. Prayer, fasting, studying the Word of God, committing our time and our lives to God. I mean, how many of us really want more? There's a little price to pay. There's a little sacrifice to make. But as was with Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured some things. Everyone, if you see this in the, in the seat back in front of you, there's one of these in the back of every seat that Pastor Tim and Jared have stuck in the back of every seat. Everybody see it? Everybody got one? Would you all hold it up? Everybody that has one, hold it up now. Uh, I see several of them waving now. All right. What I would love for you to do, and I'm gonna, I want to explain this. This is, this is you making a commitment to the Lord, also making a commitment to me, to us, that you will look at this calendar, you will put your name, your phone number, or your email address, whichever you prefer, because you will be receiving texts or email, encouraging texts or emails, but also it will be a reminder. Because as you look at this calendar, tomorrow is January 13th. And we want to have an all-church fast where we're praying for one another, where we're praying for the leadership of our country, where we're praying that each one that sits in this congregation and each one in the church of Jesus Christ around the world will receive the revelation that he has for today, for what he wants to do today, that we will hear his voice, that we will connect, that we will hear his voice, that we'll be tuned in. So you see, January 13th, a 20-day fast beginning tomorrow, Ending on the final day of the fast, February 1st, February 2nd is Social Sunday where we come together, we break the fast with a Social Sunday. Now for those of you that elect to do a 20-day, but what, when you put your name, when you X, and, and we're going to have ushers that are going to be standing at, at, at the back door, at these back doors, so you can drop it into the usher baskets and somewhere else, Tim's not, yeah, try and drop them into the baskets, the usher baskets. He said somewhere else there was going to be some baskets. You look around in the foyer, I'm sure you'll see more baskets out there. John will be at the door too. But if you, exit doors. Okay, now if you will take a look at this, again, your name, your phone number, your email address, that you will fast and pray for the breakthrough, for healing. We have 20 days, 20 days. And my hope is that we would have five or 10 people each day. Now, if you can only fast one day a week for three weeks, man, just put your X where you will fast food, not McDonald's fast, but where you will fast from food a 24-hour fast, because that's what our goal, our desire is to see that somebody from this church, one or two or five or ten people, are fasting and praying for the unity among God's believers, for breakthrough, for healing, that He's going to take us to the next level through His people, His instruments. Does this make sense to everybody? So if you would do that, it would be so appreciated. And you will. You will get a text or an email reminding you of the day because a, a big calendar, a full church calendar is going to be made. It's not going to end up having your name on that calendar. 
This is still somewhat of a private fast, but it's a corporate fast. Uh, but the, like, say, on Monday, there's going to be four X's, 10 X's, 20 X's. Each one of you would receive a text reminding you that this is your 24-hour day to fast, your day to fast 24 hours. This makes sense now? Understand why we would like to have this? So we don't have one day go by that somebody's not fasting, praying and fasting. All right, would you all be willing to do that? Raise your hand with your, if you are willing to do that. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together. And then we'll give you a couple of minutes to put your name and put your checks on there. Let's just make a declaration together. Father, I declare... I will fast, seek your face, seek your will, pray, and be obedient to whatever you show me and whatever you tell me. And I ask this in Jesus' name. And I declare to my God, as I have spoken. Amen. Amen. Now, if everyone could get these filled out, we have a prayer team that's, that's going to come up here. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. We are a loving, caring, praying bunch of Christians. Yins are all Christ's. And I bless you in the name of Jesus. Go, do, be, knowing that He is. Amen.